Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Marissa. How are you? I have had better days. Yes. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, I got my booster shot on Friday and it kicked my butt. And yesterday, I legit felt like I was dying, which was partially from the panic attack that I had from all of the pain, Um, but it was a rough day. Yeah. Today, I'm feeling better. I'm so glad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because of what you described to me about what you've been dealing with the last two days, um, I don't wish on anyone. No, I don't. I was in so much pain, I was asking for morphine. (laughs) Which is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went to urgent care and they they gave me a shot for the pain, but they took forever to bring it to me. And I was like laying there, like shaking and writhing in pain, and I was like, "Bring me the shot." <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was like, "Oh God, <laughs> what's going on?" Because the Advil had started to wear off at that point, and the fever had come back, and it was just, it was a nightmare. But finally, they brought me the shot and some Tylenol, and... Things have gone uphill from that yes, point on. Yes, yeah. my My fever is gone, um, and I, I am still taking pain medication, but it's not nearly as bad, so... Yeah. What better way to make you feel even better than <laughs> to discuss good books? Honestly, that is what kept me sane yesterday is I was just lying in bed listening to books. That's all I could do. And eating cheese sticks. I did order Papa John's cheese sticks for dinner. Whatever it takes <laughs> to make you feel human again is what you should do out I, there, listeners. I was so nauseated for, for most of the day, and then <laughs> I was laying in bed watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on Bravo, and um, a, a commercial came on for Papa John's, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> Papa John's cheese sticks sounds so good. And that's what I ordered for dinner. And that's Shout out <laughs> to Papa John's. <laughs> that's what I ate. And it was delicious. And I, I kept it down, which was the important thing. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah. Today's an improvement. You seem tired today. I'm a little tired. We yeah. had a good night. Uh, my cousin's engagement party was last night. Oh. So um, we were out a little bit later than what my typical bedtime is these days. I gotcha. So... I think I think it's your turn. Is it really? It is. It is my turn. I think well, so. Well, we took last week's episode was a little different. Um but I'll do it. I'll go first. I'm really excited to tell you about my book. Please but do. But first, please pass the liquid Splenda. You have yours over there. <laughs> There's two on the table? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How sad is that? Is it sad? That I have so much liquid Splenda in this house that there's one for each of us. Okay. So, have you ever read anything by Abby Jimenez before? 
No, but I've seen her books all over the place and have read a few and just haven't pulled the trigger on which one I want to read first. Okay. Well, they're all excellent and you're going to love them all. But the one I'm telling you about today is her most recent one. Okay. Which is part of your world. Okay. And I don't know. I'm trying to decide if it's my favorite of hers and I don't know. They're all so good. Um, I actually got to meet Abby Jimenez in person at the Louisiana Book Festival a couple of years ago. Um, And she's just super funny and quirky and entertaining. Like, if you follow her on Instagram, she's just constantly posting hilarious content. And she has this adorable little dog. He's a little Yorkie named Stuntman Mikey. (laughs) And he has his own Instagram. Of course. And Stuntman Mikey actually makes an appearance in one of her books. Um, but yeah, she's she's really entertaining and fun. But So are her books as funny as she is? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But there's also like a heavy side to each of her books. Okay. So it's, it's dark and light at the same time and she just blends them effortlessly. So in this book, we have our two main characters are Alexis Montgomery and Daniel Grant. So Alexis is um, traveling through a small town in Minnesota. She lives in Minnesota, um, but she's just gone to a funeral, and she's driving home. She's like a few, few, you know, maybe like four or five hours away from home. She's driving through this small town, and her car ends up on the side of the road. Sure it does. And Daniel Grant of comes he does. and happens to rescue her, <clears throat> and so... She's like, okay, after all of this, I need a drink or something or food or whatever. So she goes to the only local like bar restaurant that's still open. And guess who's there? Daniel Grant. Daniel Grant. Grant. Yep. yep. Old Daniel. Mm-hmm. He sure is. And the two of them start talking and she is not at all the type of person to go home with a guy. Uh, for a one-night stand, but there's just some sort of connection, and she goes home with him. Then, after that, we learn that Alexis is a doctor in, I can't remember exactly which Minnesota city she's in, but it's one of the bigger cities in Minnesota. And her family is just a family of doctors for generations and generations. They either like own or have always worked at this one particular hospital. And so for like 150 years, there has always been a Montgomery working at this hospital and like running it basically. We also find out that her brother, who was in this with her, they were working at the hospital together. He was more of the front man He's a surgeon. All the rest of the family have been surgeons, and she's just an ER, just an ER doctor. <laughs> right. Um, he's moving to Cambodia because he went there for like Doctors Without Borders and found someone he fell in love with. And so, bye. You're all on your own. Sorry, sis. Wow. And she's stuck taking over for the family. And it's too much. And it's a lot. Yeah. Meanwhile, Daniel lives in this small town. He's significantly younger than Alexis. His family is also pretty prominent in his small town. They've owned this house for generations, and he's now taking it over, and he's renting it out as like an Airbnb kind of thing, and he's got this great business that's going well. Um, He's the mayor of the small town, 
And so he's very fixed in his location. She's very fixed in her location. Neither of them can really leave or they'll ruin generations of, um, you know, family history. And yet they start to fall in love with each other. And what happens? (laughs) You know, where is this going to go? Um, so it's a little stressful because you're like, you know, watching these two people who seem perfect for each other fall in love with each other and just loving the way they love each other. But you know that neither of them can leave where they are. Yeah, that's a lot because you're like, I want them to be together, but they both have. You don't want them to lose what they have. Right, what they've built with their families and yeah. like what their lives are. It's, it's yeah, okay. a little stressful at times. And then also a little bit more to the backstory. Alexis has just recently gotten out of a bad, um, like really emotionally abusive relationship with the chief of surgery at the mm-hmm. um, hospital yeah. where she works. And like her parents still love this guy her ex oh yeah and are like you need to get back together with him and she's like y'all don't understand what he's done to me and so that's like a whole issue because he's just this awful guy and so that was kind of hard to read sometimes Mm -hmm. you know yeah um but like I said she so effortlessly blends humor into these dark subjects that you're like really upset one second and then cracking up laughing the next that it's just so well done um, and she just makes it really enjoyable, but yeah, it was, I mean, you're just rooting for them the whole way, you know, you just want them both to be happy. Cause they're just both really great characters. Yeah. Yeah. You just want them both to be happy. You want them to end up together, but still doing what they love. And I obviously I'm not going to say how it ends, but I think she does a really good job with it. Cool. Well, I need to definitely look through her books because I know she has quite a few. She does. And figure out which one I want to read first. Yeah. And maybe it's this one. Maybe it should be. Yeah. I loved it. All right. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, so I'm going to actually switch it up and talk about a different book that I had in mind, um, but based on your generational family tie so that it kind of goes hand in hand in this episode. So um, the book I'm going to talk about is Blush by Jamie Brenner. Okay, I have heard of this. I haven't haven't read read it. it. Okay, Um, so it's about um, three generations of women who are involved in the winery business. Um, so it's set in North Fork, Long Island on Hollander Estates Winery. Sounds fancy. And so it's really neat because it kind of talks all about, if you love wine, winemaking, cheese, like the, this is the book for you because it really details um, all what goes into growing wine and creating right. creating, creating a that. bottle yeah like it talks all about that which is really cool um so the uh, main three characters uh let's start off with vivian hollander vivian i love the name vivian yes. picture jackie kennedy onassis i am doing so okay so <laughs> she is the matriarch of the family um she and her husband leonard hollander own the winery their daughter leah um, was involved in the business at one time and then really wanted to take over. But her dad, Leonard, passed her up for her brother, 
Asher. <gasps> Rude. Because he's a male. Of course. And he actually has no interest in the business. Ugh. So they left on a little bit bad terms. Leah decided um, when she was probably in her 20s and 30s that she was going to start her own business and get away from the family winery because she felt rejected by her family and like that was her passion and she grew up around on this vineyard and thought that was what her life was going to be like and um, her dad just did not think that she was the one to carry on the winery for the family. Even though she was the one with the passion and the knowledge. Exactly. Ugh. So she moves to New York. She meets her husband. She opens up her own cheese shop in Manhattan. Oh, yum. And um, it's like a specialty cheese shop. It's really cool. But she's starting to realize as she's um, middle, like in her, I think she's probably 40s, 50s, um, that even though she loves it, she misses the winery. And um, it's really not what she sees herself doing long term. Her husband, Stephen, has just retired. I think he was like a CPA or something. And he wants to get into the cheese shop with her and make it this big booming business. And that's not what she wants. Like that's not what she envisioned for herself, what she envisioned for her business. And so she's trying to navigate this relationship that she has with her husband that is a little um, also passionless and more of a friendly roommate situation. Mm. Um, And so the passion in her life is no longer there. Um, so she decides to go back to the winery. She usually goes back once a year, um, and try to reset things. Okay. Okay. Her daughter, Sadie, is in her senior year of college. She's writing a thesis and she's the perfect student and she always just can focus and get everything done. And she is having major, a major block. Her advisor told her, look, I'm going to have to let you go. You're really not doing what we discussed. Oh, no. She's never had this type of feedback before. So she's kind of at a loss. And she feels like she also needs a reset. So she goes back to the vineyard for the summer. Loving this. So the book is a lot of back and forth from the time uh, when Vivian was in her probably 40s or so and the heyday of the winery and booming business and um Sadie while there decides I need to get some inspiration for my thesis and she's all about feminism and strong women and she's never really thought of her grandmother or her mom as being like strong feminist characters in her life because for her her grandfather was always the one that took charge of everything, and he is very chauvinistic and very about, like, males d- running everything, and a woman can't run a business, and even though his daughter runs her own business, but he doesn't see that as right. anything big. He doesn't think that his wife has had much influence in his business, although she has been the back the backing of everything, you know? Um, and so when Sadie goes into the winery's library to look at all their books to see what she can find that maybe would spark some interest for her. She finds like a journal that her grandmother has saved and it was like in this little like secret compartment that she found. And she realizes that it is a book about um, a book club that her grandmother had in the 80s. And it was all these women that would come and they would read trashy novels. (laughs) And... um, It was like, it talks about like 
Joan Collins, uh, Jack, sorry, it talks about Jackie Collins and Judith Krantz and like all of these authors that wrote about these powerful feminist women, but it was raunchy. Yeah. It was like like the quintessential raunchy novel. Yeah. Um, and they would, in the 80s, like sit out on the veranda of the winery and like have these book clubs, but no one knew that they were like reading these trashy <laughs> novels. I love it. So Sadie says, why don't we get it back going and so they she and her mom and her grandmother start having a book club reading the same books that they read and that her grandmother had notes on oh my god from when she had the book club that's cool so it's really neat um it was just really cool like everything about it just generationally going back and forth all the business deals that they did that didn't work out or things that were really um secrets that start to come to life from back in the day that Vivian has been holding and she didn't know that the business was going under the winery in present day because her husband doesn't involve her in any any of those um conversations and so it's a lot of back and forth between like these three women who are were born in different times basically but they're all extremely strong and you can see how over time with the generation they were born into how that has evolved to get to sadie um, but that they, all three of them really realize how strong they are and what their voice could be. Um, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just a really good book. That sounds pretty awesome. Like I just yeah. I have a big smile on my face right now because <laughs> I just love what you're describing with the family and the, you know, feminism and the strong women and, I mean, wine, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just an all-around, it's something that you throw in your beach bag in the summer. Yeah, that's it what it sounds like. It gives you a little like. bit of, like, family saga drama um, while in an idyllic location. All the sweat and tears that have gone into building this business that is crumbling. How can they save it if they even can? Um, all the background characters who have really, like, put their whole lives into this. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, obviously the secrets of the past that start coming up are really interesting because then they do all the flashbacks and you start piecing everything together that's really neat yeah I don't know what's kept me from reading Jamie Brenner before um it just never never drew me in for some reason um even though we share a name you know you'd think I'd be drawn to her work sure (laughs) uh but yeah I'm definitely gonna check this out Maybe, maybe like a Spain plane book. I think it'd actually be a really awesome. Okay. Spain plane. Book. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. For real. Awesome. Yes. That sounds perfect. Are we gonna talk about our tea. Yeah. Did you watch Game of Thrones? I did. Okay. Because winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> that is the name of our tea. It is from. Um, Red Stick Spice, or their their new little tea shop, Sogo Tea Bar. Mm-hmm. Again, for those listening not from Baton Rouge, this is a local Baton Rouge tea shop that um, just opened a tea bar inside of their tea and spice location that Jamie and I have not checked out together yet, but we will very soon. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, here's the description. Hazelnut and cream black tea with white chocolate, toasted mate, and corn flowers. 
You can only describe this to me in some sort of Game of Thrones accent, okay? I've never heard you do this Scottish <laughs> accent that you're doing, but it's fantastic. You name the accent and I'll do it for you. <laughs> you sound slight Shrek and Game of Thrones character mixed in one. I'm thinking of the, the redhead with the beard. You know, he's he's got that like Scottish, I mean, his voice is obviously a lot more brogue. <laughs> but that's what I was channeling. Um, I like it a lot. I, think I the actually tea is really, really like it. It's delicious. When I smelled it, like when I opened the package and I smelled it, I was like, ooh, this smells good. And I think I even said that out you loud. You did. You were like, mm, it smells good. Yeah. Um, it's delicious. Really good. It is really yummy. It's kind of like a dessert tea. Yeah, because it's, it's sweet on its own, mm-hmm. even though we did add the liquid <laughs> Splenda. Right. Um, um, but it's it's sweet and it's creamy. Yeah. Yeah, you can really taste the cream. I don't know if I straight up taste hazelnut, but um, it has that slight nutty flavoring to it that with the cream, that's what makes it taste like a dessert drink. I'm a fan. I I love this. I'm glad I got the big bag of it. (laughs) Yum. So are you looking forward to the new Game of Thrones spinoff? I don't care that much. I don't either, and everyone's like, oh my god. I think that I was a little bit more um, interested in it whenever it was closer to the end of the last one, like when it was like being talked up and marketed a little bit better, and now that it's completely like changed, and they had to throw away the first project, and then they're doing something different, and it's been all these things, and it's been so much time, I'm a little yeah, indifferent I'm to very it. meh about it. I mean, I'll I'll probably watch it if I even have time to watch it. I'll check it out for sure. Um, um, but it, but I'm not as hyped. I agree. And watching the trailer, I was kind of like, okay, because it's it's like, is it the one? I can't remember if it's the situation it's about, where it's way before. Yes, it's about the Targaryens. Yeah, okay, way before. Yeah, which sounds cool, but yeah. I don't, and I never read his books. So I read the ones that are out. Okay, but I mean, he's still. There's only five out of the seven yeah, that are out. Right. Michael read them too, and he said they were fantastic. They are. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, obviously, the show is significantly different, and then they had to completely create, yeah. you know, the ending, which really made me angry. It was not. No. But so that's you. a I story know. for a different day. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But yeah, so I'll check it out. I'm not like super thrilled about it. But maybe it'll start and it'll be just as fantastic, and everyone Could be. will be hooked and could be winter is coming <laughs> did i say that that's the name of the tea i yeah, did okay did. just making sure it's delicious it wasn't just so a completely random conversation please, please try it um what's keeping you sane or freudenfreude <laughs> can i say i don't know yeah that's totally fine i don't really know that anything is really keeping me sane i feel like i told you earlier i'm kind of just in survival mode yeah um, which happens. And I'm sure there is something. I'm grateful for things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful for my husband. Um, I'm grateful that I'm getting more sleep. Yeah, I'm that's grateful a good that one. I woke up this morning. <laughs> All right, now you're getting morbid. <laughs> um, no, I, no, I mean it in like a positive way. No, not I in know. In a morbid way, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes when we can't think about the things that are keeping us sane or we just, 
our brains are too clustered with everything going on. Um, if you can um, be wake up with gratefulness yeah. and think about the things that, um, I don't know, just make our lives better in totally your, your daily life. That. So that's kind, I, I'll just leave it at that. I'm very grateful for so many things right now um, in the chaos. I like that. I, I'll go with a grateful as well. Um, I am incredibly grateful for my mother for, um, taking care of me yesterday. I woke up from a nap in extreme pain and I called her in tears and she said, I'll be there in five minutes. And there was no hesitation. She just came straight over, even though she had other things going on. And she took me to urgent care and she took me home and put me in her bed and just took care of me all night. And that's just, you know, that's, I was really blessed to have someone like that, you know. A hundred percent. I totally understand. Um, I think we've talked about this before. Um, we we are very lucky that we have mothers that are, are just, that's, they don't know any other way to be. Exactly. Um, and we like, I mean, I've know I've joked with you before that it's just those Italian mamas because <laughs> um, both of our moms are Italian. Um, but, but it's the it's type just, of thing where if I had been in pain and I hadn't called her, she would have been mad at me. You know what I mean? Oh, she, for sure. They want yeah. to help and they yeah. want to be there for us. Yeah. And so that's just, yeah. and she cooked me soup today. Like, again, even though she has other things going on and she's keeping my niece and nephew and she still cooks. They me do soup. so much. And you're just honestly, some days I'm just thinking how, I, I don't even know what I'm doing and how are they doing all of these right. things? I mean, my mother-in-law, same thing. Like this week we got home and she watch, watches Lucia um, two to three times a week and she texted and she was like, oh, I've already made dinner. Dinner's waiting for y'all. And it's just like little things like that that you're just. How do they have this strength that we can't seem to find in ourselves? We'll find it. It's there. It's there. I think that we're just in a different season of our life. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yes, very, very grateful for all the wonderful women. Here's to the moms. And to those who are not moms but are that for other people in their yeah, lives. Um, they care for others. Yeah, women. Strong women. I'm with you. I think that's a good note to end on. Well, until we meet again. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Ink Drinkers Pod. Cheers!